When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast. I'm delighted to say that joining me today, we have got Sol from SUFC TV. That's not really fair, from SUFC TV. There's a whole lot more, but most of the other people listening will know Sol from SUFC TV. So, hello, Sol. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Um, So, yeah, as as I said in the intro, from SUFC TV, um, that's where most of us kind of knew you from at Sutton at first um to 17 18 or yeah no I started I I started in the 16 17 season the cup run season yeah but I actually I actually first one of my first ever visits to 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 Gantner Green Lane was in 1990 believe it or not right but I I didn't stay for long it was more to do with my background I was born in Coventry Okay. Many people know this. Not a few <laughs> people know know this at the club, but I was born in Coventry, and the year Coventry were knocked out by us in the FA Cup, we as a family moved to Worcester Park. Oh right. Yeah, and and I used to go to Highfield Road when I was a young lad, but I never really fell in love with. I loved football, but I never really fell in love with Coventry City. How can Sir Cyril Regis was playing for Coventry at the time? How on yeah. earth did you not fall in love? Yeah, no, I did fall in love with certain players. Like we had Mickey Jin. <laughs> remember Mickey Jin? 
Keith Houchin, you know, um, quite a lot, um, Ian Wallace. But I, it, you know what, you know what, Mick, I didn't really fall in love with the the atmosphere. Right. You know, I used to get a bit pushed and and so on and so forth. I don't really want to go into it, but yeah, I think you enough. can imagine someone yeah. of you know someone of my colour going to Highfield Road in those days. It wasn't fun, but I, it never stopped me. I still went. But mm -hmm. anyway, moving down to this part of the world, Sutton knocking out Coventry. And I realised the ground was two miles from home. Mm -hmm. So I just went to have a look. And, you know, I mean, you could walk into the ground even three years ago without anyone really bothering you. It's, I know things have changed in the last 18 months or so. But way back in 1990, you could just stroll around as you please. And so I just wanted to have a look at the ground. I wanted to see who this team was who knocked out Coventry from the FA Cup. And then I promised to go back, but I never went back again till 2011. Right. And that was in the second round when we knocked out Notts County in the FA Cup. Yeah. I took a nephew of mine along and, and then and then I went sporadically between 2011 and 2016 um, when Paul was in charge because I knew Paul from my radio days at BBC Southampton mm -hmm. when he was a manager of Eastleigh. OK, fair enough. And then he, he sent me a message in 0809 telling me he's arrived he remembered I'd arrived in um, I'd lived I lived in the London Borough of Sutton and he told me he's the manager of Sutton United. But it took me a couple of years to get down there. But I properly started following the club. And I'd, I always say this for me, I, I, I feel like I have started following when I went on my first away trip, which was Saturday, 22nd of October, 2016, away to Southport, 1-1. One, one. Right. And Jamie Collins scored. I think he scored, yeah, an equaliser from the penalty spot. Oh, that, yeah, that, that me. yeah, no, no. That was for me the time I felt like I'd become a certain United fan. Okay, and so were you were you doing the commentary for us at that point? Or oh yeah, I'd already started. So I'd already yeah. started the month. So I'd started in in early October, and I think the first yeah. game was Guiseley at home. We won one nil, mm -hmm. and that's when I started doing the. Um, I was I started doing the SUFC TV broadcast, which SUFC do, TV do well before this season. They used to do two things before the football <laughs> league. They used to do what, what I'd call it is match of the day highlights. So that's what I started off. I was doing the the the, the YouTube, the television like commentary, full ninety minutes, and then one of the lads uh, at that time it was it was a lad called James King who's still very much involved in SUFC TV, he'd go back and edit it into like five, six minutes and put it out on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Just like they do on Match of the Day. Yeah. You know, without the 12 camera operation and 22 yeah. people to help you. It was just, it was, it was, it was James, Terry and I. Yeah. And then later on in that season, I started doing, there's another young lad at that time called Tom. He was doing most of the mix LRs. And I started joining in because that mix LR is really radio, it's radio commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my specialist subject as such is radio commentary. But I learned so much from doing those TV um, commentaries that when in the last two, three years since I've started doing a bit of match of the day, BBC TV work, it's helped me enormously. I can't tell you how much it's helped me. Yeah. It, it, it must be a different skill because obviously if you're commentating the full 90, any part of that commentary should must be able to be picked up and used in isolation and make sense rather than referring back to 
something that happened 10 minutes ago because it might not be it might not be played in that order yeah no exactly so when you do when you do a 90 minute commentary for for match of the day you do it as live so you do it properly mm-hmm. what you have you have that safety net as if you make a mistake they've got the edit machines they've got the facilities for no one to realize but for you to redo it that so that's that's the safety net on on um safety net on match of the day you know, if you miss, you know, mistaken identity, generally, that's what generally happens with TV commentaries, especially on the goals. You've got the ability to redo it without anybody realizing. You know, except you. And, except you. Yeah, yeah, except you. Yeah, and and bless us on SUFC TV, we never had that. But I actually think that's my greatest skill. I can identify people like that, and I I never, very, very rarely, when I got my blink, when I got my actual proper concentration cap on. I very rarely get it wrong. I've even had it a couple of times over the years. I've been sitting in the press box. I've called the goal and had the press association chat turn around and say to me, no, it's not him, it was someone else. But I've gone with my gut instinct and I've been proven right. My, my eyesight's so shocking that half the time when a sub's coming on, I'm sitting there going, I'm Who's not that? sure if this is a white fella or a black fella coming on. <laughs> I genuinely cannot tell. It's so bad. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. Um, that's why my nephew has to come back now. He's coming back this season again after a year. Yeah. Um, but so the, one of my questions was going to be, well, when at some point in the commentary, you have become a, a, a Sutton fan, you're, you're quite active on the forum. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're quite sort of keen. You're, you're very much into the, uh, the AB's mantra of in it, in it together. You've got to pump the chest at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Okay. Got to do that. Um, but the, is it a strange feeling? Obviously, on our on our channels, you can kind of just be a bit. Well, you can be. We're not, and I've heard other channels actually. We're not biased, but you can be a little bit more encouraging to our own team. Um, yeah. But very much our guys. Um, I've seen lots and lots of comments on Twitter where people have said that our our commentary. Um, wh- whoever's doing it, I'm not just blowing smoke at you. Is whoever's doing it is like they've been really fair. Um, how important is that to to, to you guys to? try and maintain that level of impartiality even though you are supporters really well, one for me because i because i i'd already had 15 16 16 years experience as a bbc radio commentator before i started you know doing some stuff for for ourselves so I, and and at the bbc they grind impartiality into you even though i've start, i've done lots of local radio and so i've covered exeter and i've covered a lot of the london clubs and when you work for BBC London or BBC Devon or BBC Solent, which was Southampton, you can be a, you can be, what, what I would say is on the goal celebration, say Southampton or Portsmouth scored or Exeter scored and you're covering that, you can go over the top. Mm-hmm. You can get very excited. But otherwise, they, they, the editors, the sports editors, over the years, I, all I remember them saying to be impartial, be fair, be impartial, be fair. So when I came to Sutton United, even though I started falling in love with the club, and who couldn't help but fall in love with the club in that cup run year? You know, I just, yeah. everything I ended up, you know, kind of commentating on was just just sheer brilliance. I mean, I remember the day, Bromfire night, so clearly at Dartford. I mean, what a memorable cup tie that was. Honestly, it's just... Yeah. And then I went out that night as well, you know, bonfire night. I, I, I know it was bonfire. I don't even have to look back. It was November the 5th, Saturday, and it was it was unbelievable. So, but I I still had, I still got that journalistic now in me. And because I've, 
everything I've ever done, I've always had a goal to try and get to the top of what I perceive the top I want to be. So I've always tried to remain the same wherever I've gone. Over the last couple of years, with my SUFC TV work, I've become, I've let the young, the, the other younger lads, I'll say, I call them younger because they are much younger than me, but Tom and Ahmed and, and Connor and uh, a couple of others as well who've come in and done some work for us as well. I've encouraged them to try and remain impartial because I think they've all got ambition to go and work in the mainstream media. And if you start being very, very biased from the beginning, it'll be, it's, it, you know what makes it so, it's a silly thing I'm going to say, but it's honestly very true. When you commentate, you've got to be so natural, you're almost not thinking. Mm. And if you start thinking, the listener or the viewer starts noticing he or she is thinking. Yeah. You've got to really be in a flow. I liken the best commentators to be like rappers. <laughs> Honestly, I do. Are you going to expand on this? <laughs> I've always said that. I've said the best, the best commentators are the ones who just let, you know, they're just in their stride. They hit everything yeah. just perfectly. Their voice, they use it going up and down. They take you on a journey. So I, I'm not saying I'm responsible, but whenever we know, whenever Ahmed or Tom or Connor, they, they kind of commentate. I always say to them, try and be fair, try and be reasonable. And not, honestly, a lot of a lot of them, a lot of that due is also to Tony Dolbert. I think Tony, you know, um, is always, even though he's an avid certain United fan and he's been there for you know so so many years. If you listen to Tony's commentaries, he's always straight down the line. Yeah, no, always straight down the line. <laughs> and I think we all, all of us, we can get excited when we score, which I don't think there's nothing wrong with. But I think it's it's great credit to all of us. We are kind of all straight down the line. We'll call it as we see it. Yeah, no, I, there was... I don't even remember how or why, but I ended up watching a, a, a video of one and some of the commentary from the... It was an opposition's feed. And it, I think someone had filmed it or something and it was just absolutely shocking. Every single thing we did was awful and everything they did was just brilliant. And I'm like, yeah. oh God, this is just... This is really bad. Um, but yeah, you've mentioned some of the the, some of the, the, the youngers. <laughs> yeah, to to us, a lot of people are younger. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, but you you do. I've, I've, I remember back in the days um, listening to the, the Mixlar, uh, which was the only one at the time. And even there was a couple of people who just popped in to say hello, see how it all works. And you're like, come on, give it a go. Let's see what you can do. And getting them and encouraging them, and saying, look, yeah. try to do this, try and focus on this. Um, so you've always sort of pushed people. How, how important is that? I mean, you've mentioned your, your early days going to Highfield Road, but how important is that to help others um, emulate you, sort of achieve oh, more than you? Yeah, oh, massive for me. You know, I, I think I think in any walk of life, if you can help anyone, I think that's the biggest thing you can do for anybody. And if 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 you've got some knowledge in a particular job, and someone's coming behind you, and they want to. They want you to help them. I think you've got to do it in whatever you're doing, whether you're a doctor, an engineer, you know, we're talking about football commentating. You've got to help them. And I, I feel great joy when I see when I see the lads develop, you know, in so much that Ahmed now, he works for BBC London. Yeah, you I know? was going to mention that. How, how yeah. proud are you at that moment? Oh, it's just brilliant. And Tom as well. Tom's got so much potential. Tom does a lot of commentaries that we won't hear in this country but he does them abroad he works for a company called perform as well who do a lot of off tube as we call that you go to a studio or you even work from home these days you know with the wi-fi connection and you commentate on a whole match 
but it's going out to Australia or out to Sweden, but in English. What I would like Tom to do more is to concentrate on the local market because you can get engulfed in that and you can get carried away and you can almost be pigeonholed. I, I, I'm, I will try and work on him this year to try and get some more work within the, 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 the UK and broadcasting media and also try and get him in somewhere with the BBC radio station. But and, 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 and another one of the lads as well, Connor came very close to getting some work with them, Whisper TV, who are in charge of all the women's football. All right. You know, they're the production company for all the women's football. So for me, it's just great. And I hope, I hope they keep going and, I, and I'm sure they will. And what I, what I tend to do with, with the lads before we start, I just, I just remind them on a couple of things because you can, like anything, you can give too much instruction and they've got five or six things going around in their head and it doesn't work. So I just say to them, concentrate on this thing, concentrate on that and that's it. Like if you're doing the, if you're doing the um, a radio commentary, the two most important things on a radio commentary, even even for for you know us certain United people who are just listening to certain United, and and you you know you you'll get the captivated audience where they're just is to give the score every couple of minutes, yeah. Because someone's going to nip out quickly and make a cup of tea or use the loo or this or that or or someone's going to walk into their room and say you know what are you doing right now or this and that. So give it the score every couple of minutes and you've got to give the score differently as well. So you don't bore the listener. You don't keep saying nil, 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 nil. You'll say certain nil, Newport County nil. First game of the season. Still haven't got a goal here at Gander Green Lane. 12 minutes played, still goalless. So just different <clears throat> variations yeah. of the score and the geography of the ball. Yeah. You know, which way are we attacking at Gander Green Lane or if we're at Prenton Park? Tell people which way we're attacking. Say, if you've never been here before, you know, you're, you're kicking towards, you know, the Birkenhead tunnel end or whatever, you know, and it, you're kicking from right to left. We're wearing a, a waist strip of green. Just paint those little pictures on the halfway line down the near side, the left. So those two things on, on the audio commentary are huge. And I just always remind the lads, score, geography of the ball. I, mean, I just want to say one little thing. Um, I've got a question on that, but one little thing. Tom, Tom, I'm not sure he needs to do an awful lot because he 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 does have a quote next to his name from Tim Vine of yeah. the, the great Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, put that on your CV. You're all right there, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you have? I, I I heard a great thing years ago from actually Steve Cram um, when he was starting to do commentary. He was told have something, just have something to say, stock little phrase. And he says he uses it on the 100 metres all the time. And every since I've heard it, I always hear it now. And it's always away first time or away this time. Yeah. And it just gives him that second to look at what's happening. So do you have any kind of little, you were saying things about the score, but is there any little stop phrases when something's going on that you're like, oh, I need a second to work out my brain to catch up with what's going on here? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't generally in them. Um, I can understand why Steve Cram has it in the hundred meter sprint because it's so quick. Mm. So he uses that first couple of words to get himself, you know, you know, away first time, and then he'll look at, you know, maybe Usain Bolt, and Usain Bolt streaks away ten meters, you know, ninety meters to go. With football, it's very different because you generally kick off, and and it's quite, you know, slow pace. So generally, I would say, you know. You know, certain United are kicking off. They're attacking the Gander Green Lane end in the first half. 
you know, that's right to left and in their home strip of this and that. I don't have any stop lines. What's interesting, though, I think on my goal commentaries, I've started saying a couple of things, not on a regular basis, but they, when in, in the big moments, they do come out. And it's, and it's things like, I actually do, you know, I actually, I actually do use sometimes the old David Coleman line without even realising it, just do the score. I just say one nil or I say, oh, I have to say, you know, oh, oh I say sorry. I used that yeah. a couple of times last year on the match of the day stuff. And I didn't even realise. But the editor there would clip the goal and he'd put it on the BBC Sport website pages. And in the caption, it would say, oh, I say. <laughs> and I'm not even realising that I've yeah. said that. Yeah. But generally in, 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 in the actual play, I mean, if anything, I would... When a, when a presenter throws to me when I'm doing proper radio work, and I, I would always say, I always say thank you, Mark, or thank you to the presenter, and then I'll say good evening and warm welcome to Old Trafford, yeah. you know, home of Manchester. Even though everyone knows Old Trafford is home of Manchester United, <laughs> it's again, it's my journalistic background. I was taught never assume everyone knows everything. Yeah. Don't go overboard and be like a beginner either, that you have to explain everything to everyone. So I would say something like, thank you, Mark, and a warm welcome to Old Trafford this evening, home of Manchester United Football Club as they entertain Everton in the Premier League. And then I'd stop, take a breath, let a second go away, and I'd and then I'd give a bit more context of what this game means to Manchester United and Everton. Then I'd say, alongside me is Mark Lawrenson, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd get a quick word from the summariser, which is, you know, Mark Lawrence for argument's sake. Then he'd come back to me. Then I'd run through the two teams. And then by then, they're, kick, they're, they're about to kick off. And mm -hmm. as they're about to kick off, I'll go back into my brain and I don't introduce, I, I don't bring in Mark Lawrence again. And I'll say, Manchester United are kicking off red socks, black shorts, red shirts, attacking the Stretford end in the first half, if you know Old Trafford. If you yeah. don't, it's from right to left as we sit in the main stand, you know, I, 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 you know, on the halfway line or if we're in either side of the half. And then they'd already kicked off probably 30 seconds into the game. Invariably, invariably, not all the time, the ball goes out of play for a throw-in. And then you just say it's a throw-in to Everton. Very, very early stage. It's still goalless here at Old Trafford. And Mark Lawrenson, here's your early thoughts. And that's it. And then you're yeah. off and running. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've got that all in yeah. my head without See, even going. I don't. There. I don't have any stock phrases, but this is exactly what I do every single yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Like you, know, you know what's interesting? What you said there, mate. I totally understand why Steve Cram mm. has that now because his that skill is a very. It's ten seconds. Yeah, yeah and no, you've got to get every word. You can I almost think... script that in a way. You know, I mean, back in the day when Usain Bolt used to win the hundred meters. You can almost script that. You can yeah. say, and the way they go first time, Usain Bolt takes the lead, 80 metres to go. Yeah. The Olympic 100-metre final here in London. You know, yeah, 50 no. metres to go, Usain Bolt two metres ahead. Bang, <clears> bang. <throat> you know, and then you then if there's a British sprinter in there, you'd mention Dwayne Chambers or Linford Christie because, you know, we're, you're working. You're working yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if there's not a British sprinter in there, then you'll say Carl Lewis is behind. You can tell my age now. I'm going on about Carl Lewis. <laughs> Carl Lewis is behind. Ben Johnson trailing in third. You know, and then you know Usain Bolt wins gold in world record time. That that I totally can understand. And and it's funny you said that because I did a bit of boxing tra commentary training last summer, 
And the boxing commentator at the BBC at that time was Mike Costello. And he told me, he said, he scripts almost the first 30 seconds of round one. And, let, and he's watching the fight. Unless there's something absolutely dramatic, he, he tends to follow his script. And it's, and it's quite fascinating like that. And, and I think I've just explained to you in my in my own little weird way. I've got my own script to do with football mm -hmm. already. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you're ticking off all the all the boxes, just changing the the, the, the details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the teams change, yeah. don't they? Invariably. Yeah. The teams change. Yeah. Exactly. The stadium changes. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Old Trafford there, and so it's not just little old Sutton that you you commentate on. You 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 proper job for for many many years. Um, which of the stadiums do you think was the best um, stadium? Not necessarily the best commentary facilities, which is the best sort of stadium to be, to be in? Well, I, I'd, I'd say there's two, two answers to that question. First, atmosphere-wise, I think for me, the number one stadium in, in our country, I'll just talk our country that I've been to, I think without a doubt, it always, I just say, wow, it's Anfield. Mm -hmm. It's Liverpool for me. Just, just the atmosphere. It can be an afternoon game. It can be an evening game. You know, when they start singing, you'll never walk alone. Plus, it's not just that. They really do get behind their team, you know. They really do. And and, and that might be a really stupid thing to say. And football fans are listening. Say, what is on about? Everyone gets behind their team. Not everyone does, you know. I'll be honest with you. Not everyone, you know. It's just the noise. It's just yeah. the crowd, the appreciation. They really do get behind the team. You can feel the atmosphere. And I think... In the night games, you can times that as well. And it just depends whether it's a Premier League game or, or a European Cup game and if they're behind in the first leg or not. Or, But for me, atmosphere-wise, Liverpool. And then facilities-wise, just the stadium, just to take your breath away. It's been Tottenham Hotspur's new ground. Yeah, It's, it's just unbelievable. I've been very, very fortunate to go to a lot of different football grounds and, and right across the world as well. And for me, Tottenham is the number one. The other one that comes closest to me for Tottenham is the Allianz Arena in Munich. All right. Yeah, that's another spectacular arena. Very good space, very approachable. When you get in, it's like it does take your breath away. It is quite stunning. Any seat, you, you, have, you have a really good view. But for me, Tottenham beats it. Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham's really does beat it. And, and one thing I admire about Tottenham and whoever built it, whoever decided, they're still very much in the heart of the community. You literally come mm. out of the ground, you've got quite a deep pavement, and then you've got those security bollards. But then right across the road, you've got the laundrette, you've got the West Indian barber, you've got the Turkish kebab man, you've got the fish and chips, you've got the news agent. And basically opposite them is this billion pound stadium. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the, news agents, the news agents must get mobbed on match days. So, I think, I think on, on that question, yeah, for me, it's a two answer for atmosphere and that. And Anfield's very impressive now that they've rebuilt it and yeah. they're building it again at the Anfield Road end. But Tottenham's does take your breath away. Similar question, but in terms of the facilities for you guys in the commentary box, which 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 would which would be the, the the one you're like oh i'm so happy i'm going there this week oh, oh you, you know what in, in the premier league they're all very very high standard now really are they're all very good but again I, i'd say most of them you know bright brighton's is a brilliant view you're you're right on top of where the players come out in the tunnel you just you you, you you're almost on the halfway line the halfway line is always the best place to be 
you know, halfway line. And I would say if it, if it was a, a three tier stadium, you want to be in the second tier. If it's a two tier, you want to be in the second tier again. If it's if it's two tier, one tier, sometimes you can be a bit low down. It's not great viewing, but Brighton's is very good. Old Trafford's can be a bit cramped, but they're, they're all very good. Emirates is fantastic. Tottenham's is brilliant. Stamford Bridge, you've got two views. You've got, one, you've got one pitch side, you've got one very high up, like a bird's eye view. Um, Newcastle's is very good. They're, they're all they're, on the commentary, on, on the actual commentary positions in the Premier League and also in the Championship. Very, very good. You cannot complain. And to be honest, you know what, Mick? Even down, lower down in League One and League Two, I've been quite yeah. fortunate. There's only one ground at the moment in all 92 clubs that I've not been to. Oh, which one? Stadium of Light. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've got the League Cup. We'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Will we knock yeah. out MK Dons to get them in the second yeah. round? Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Sutton United Talk Time on podcast, the Sutton Podcast. If you are new to the show, hello, and you are very welcome. Hope you enjoy what we do. It's a very simple format. We get a few people on to talk about the game that's just gone, and then we preview the next game coming up. We are available on most podcast platforms where you can listen, rate, and review. If you find that we're not on your preferred platform, please let me know, and I'll sort that for you. If anyone would like to support the podcast, you can find out how with more information on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com. And there's a tab where you can find out how to be a guest as well. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok with the username at Sutton Podcast. Every like, follow and share is really appreciated. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Not exactly linked, but you didn't mention Wembley. Um, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, you were, you, I, I only realised when I was looking earlier, you, you, you did the, our Wembley match. I did um, for Radio Five, yeah. I haven't listened to it. I don't think I could listen to it if I even if I found it. Yeah. Um, but how, how was that? That, that, that? Did you well, did you remain professional or did you? I did. My, my boss was my bo- my actual boss, the editor of the day, and and he's also kind of my boss. He was really chuffed with me because he knows I'm a certain United fan, and he said he he said you actually, you know, when Rotherham equalised in the 96th minute, he goes, you did that so well. He goes, it was your best one of the whole day. And I, and I did. It, it was, I, I, had, I felt like someone had kicked me in the stomach. I felt like, oh, I like every other Sutton United fan. You know, I wouldn't say for me, I thought it was the end, but I thought, oh, wow, we'll do so well, so, so well to get back into this game or even lead it at any point, you know, yeah. in, in extra time. But I was, I was pleased on a professional point because I did go and listen back to my work. I don't all the time now, I'll be honest with you. But I did that particular, not on that day, because I went to the clubhouse afterwards, but on the Tuesday, the couple of days afterwards, I went to listen back. I wanted to see what I was like. Because when we played Cardiff in the League Cup, in, in uh, right at the beginning of the season, I got very excited when we opened the scoring. I could see still Dean's ball out to David, David running down to the, to, to the byline, pulling it back. Well, good cross, actually, for Donovan, who converted and I, I actually sounded like Jonathan Pierce back on Capital Hall. <laughs> you know, I did. And I did. And I knew I did as well. And then when when Dean made that slip up just before half time, you should have heard me as well. I was like I was on the floor. <laughs> so it on a professional point on that night, it wasn't my best night, but but going to the um to, to the Pizza Cup final, I yeah, I think as a professional I did a good job. I was pleased yeah. with myself, but um, 
yeah, as a, as a fan. It, I, when I look back now, for me, it was still a cracking day out. And I think we did... I think we can really hold our heads high as a team, as fans and everything. And also where I was sitting, we, I was looking at... So I was in the Rotherham section, which I was disappointed. I wanted to be in the Sutton section. But when, when you would look across and you could see it, it looked so good. The yeah. fans, it really did. We outnumbered the Rotherham fans, I believe, that day. I think, I think we did. And in fairness, it, sounded, it, it sounds great. Um, but actually, I think they've been to Wembley something like three or four times in the last 10 years. And it's like, oh, maybe the novelty's worn off a little bit for them, whereas we're yeah. like, 40 years! <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was, I'm going to bore people with this. It was just, I, I was up there really, really early. Um, what time um, did you get there? I think it was about half 10, 11 o'clock. <laughs> I, I was there that time as well. I was there that I, time as well. I was walking around. I, I think what was quite funny is, because obviously we don't, we don't have a lot of Sutton United content. Um, so the, the few bits of content we do is in a bit of demand. Um, and I got off the um, train and got a message from Ed saying, oh, talk sport. I've given TalkSport your number. I hope that's okay. And my nephews are going, on earth to talk sport want to listen and talk to you? What's that all about? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's because of the podcast. And they're like, yeah. yeah, not that many people listen to the podcast. And just at that point, a complete stranger I've never met has walked up Wembley Way, saw me and said, you're the pod you did a podcast and you come and shook my hand up my uh, Josh was glaring. He's like, you set this up. You've done something to set this <laughs> up. I was like, I could never have paid anyone enough money to do that. Yeah. Half day in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the whole day was just immense. One of the one of the strangest things for me is fifteen odd thousand of us and yet we all managed to pick each other out. Yeah. We were finding yeah. each other and it's like I I I think bar maybe one, everyone who says I stand in the same area as on a Saturday, I think I saw everyone, um, yeah. which is, is is mental, really, when it was... Where, so do, you, where do you stand at the ground, then? On I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the best view. Oh, you can't see it. That's a bad picture. Um, it's the curver. So just to okay. your just to your right on, on the curve there. Yeah. Um, I'm having to get to the ground nearly an hour early now just to, just to make sure I get to the right spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not superstitious, but I have to stand in the right place. Yeah, yeah, to enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, the, the whole day. And uh, the other thing, I the most I've ever paid for a seat to watch Sutton, and my backside didn't sit in it. Um, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Standing there and just coming up towards that end, genuinely, I could feel all the tears coming because I was like, "We've won this. We're gonna. Oh my god, we're about to win at Wembley." And I knew I was standing in my bright yellow coat, thinking. The cameras are going to cut to the fat man crying behind the goal. <laughs> and I'm going to be on TV. Oh, my God. And then they equalise. And I'm like, oh, no, I'd rather be the man crying on TV now. Take it back. I'll take yeah. it back. Um, but, yeah, it was just amazing. And as you mentioned about the, the clubhouse afterwards, I don't do that very often. Um, yeah, neither do I. Yeah, but I thought, no, do you know what? They deserve to make sure there's, there's people there. Yeah. have to make sure there's people there. So went back. And the place was absolutely packed. And yeah, I think I think the general thing was Christ Almighty. Imagine what would happen if we'd won. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I'm like you, Mick. I don't do that very often. But that night, I mean, I I I got home quite late actually because I had to do a couple of things for work afterwards. And then by the time you pack up and and then get home, but I quickly I quickly had a quick shower change and I got up to the clubhouse. I spent about forty five minutes there, but it was enjoyable. I enjoyed yeah, I, it. I, I did proper. It was like an 
an expert thing on networking because I kind of got there, got a drink, stood in the corner just as all the players and the coach and everyone arrived. And, yeah. and so I managed to say hello to all the players, Bruce, AB, Matt, Jason. And I was like, well, I'm done now. I can, go. <laughs> I can pretty yeah. much go because I've seen yeah. everyone I need to see. Um, but yeah, he's... Um, had Taz leaving at 1.30 and he said the place is busier than most Saturdays at 1.30 on a Sunday. It's just... Yeah, quite amazing. Insane. Um, so, yeah, obviously there, there was that day um, I mentioned about um, it's been difficult to be neutral. Um, so when, how long have you actually been commentating? Because um, you put a post up, I saw that you went somewhere in 2002. So... Yeah, oh, yeah, to Grimsby. Yeah, so I started in 2000. So this coming okay. season will be my 23rd season. Okay, that's Dundo-esque. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I started in 2000 and I started at, um, I started at BBC Sussex mm -hmm. and I started covering Farnborough, Woking and Aldershot. And uh, I, I did Brighton as well a couple of times. Then I only stayed, I only stayed, I stayed there about 18 months. And I moved to London, to BBC London. I stayed there for one season. And then I moved down to BBC Southampton. And I stayed there for two. And that's when I met Paul for the first time. Paul yeah. Doswell. Paul was the manager of Eastley, as I said before, earlier on. And then after spending a couple of seasons there, then I'd, I'd done five years. And then I started badgering the national guys. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I got in with Radio 5. And uh, my first game, funny enough, was... Was at the, for for Radio Five anyway. Reporting was at the National Hockey Stadium when MK Dons. I think they just arrived there that season, and it was okay. in the League Cup. And they, yeah. I, know, I know they were playing at the National Hockey Stadium because they didn't have a ground. Yeah, and that was at Milton Keynes. So I know I went there, and I think that, that was my first game with Radio Five, and I've never stopped with Radio Five since. So that was 2004, September 2004. But while I was doing that, I also combined a lot of other work with other BBC stations, so BBC Devon. BBC WM, which is the Midlands. I worked for Man United TV as well for for two seasons. That's why I mentioned Old Trafford. I did the commentary. Basically, what I do for us, SUFC TV, I did it for MUTV. But I did the radio broadcast. I, didn't, I never did their TV stuff. I did their radio broadcast for two seasons. Right. Uh, what else have I done in all that time? Yeah, again, all, I've done a lot of BBC circuit. BBC Radio 5, which has been the majority of my work. And then the last couple of years, I started doing match of the day, the FA Cup, first round, second round, first round, second mm -hmm. round. And two years ago, I did the first round, second round, didn't think much of it. And I thought, oh, you know, that'd be that. And I got called in to do the third round, which is a, is, is kind of a promotion. Yeah. Then I didn't hear back. Then this season, just gone, I did the first round, second round, third round, fourth round. And then I got called back to do Premier League match of the day. Saturday oh. night match of the day for the first time ever. I, 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 I know that's a big thing. I wish I, I wish I watched it, but I don't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I did Crystal Palace Burnley in late February, and what what was really good because I think I think most people when they do that, even though that's not been my goal, my goal has always been to to stay at Radio Five and be one of their main commentators, which I'm not yet, and I'm still striving to be, but. Along the way, you don't turn down any opportunities. You just take them and see what happens. And then I got called back in March to do Brighton Tottenham as well, which was 
which was great. And that's, you know, I, I always in my head, I didn't want to be like Rick Astley, a one-hit wonder. I wanted to come back. Even though, I, like I said, honestly, Match of the Day has not been my goal. Radio has always been my goal. I loved it even when I was a little boy listening to Peter Jones and Byron Butler. And then when I, when I, when I was growing up and as I was thinking, oh, radio, after my first initial career and I went back to university to do journalism, you know, Alan Green and Mike Ingham, the, 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 the former BBC football um, commentators and correspondents. And then the chaps I work with now, I've known them for quite a while. But with, with, with like anything, um, I don't think you should turn down opportunities, especially TV opportunities, because what they do, they're just, even though I'm not into all that part of the, that kind of the media part of the world, it does raise your profile. People start thinking, oh, you're on match of the day. You know, and even my radio boss said, oh, wow, you know, TV wanted you. And I said to my I said to my radio boss, I said, I'm not really that bothered. I said, I just want you to realize that other people are after me as well. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I always liken it. I, who can I mention at our club like uh, Louis John? It's like Louis in the team and Matt knows he's always going to stay at Sutton. But let's say. Grimsby start flirting with him. Yeah. You know, and Louis goes to Matt and says, you know, Grimsby want me. You're not the only club that want me. You know, and that's a little bit like what I've done with the TV. I've yeah. told my boss, I'm, I'm very loyal to my BBC radio work, but also I've told him, look, TV, TV is starting to like me. But my goal has always been to be one of the radio commentators. And I won't, I won't really stop until I get close. And I'm not far off, but I've got to keep, I think I'm still a, maybe two seasons away from really fulfilling that ambition. So let's see. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you may have already told me this. Um, which match that you've commentated on, do you, do you think, right, I've nailed it. I've, I've, that, that, I'm going to play that back because that was absolutely perfect. Everything I did on there. Yeah, well, I, I, I'll be very frank with you. On the radio side, I've never done a perfect game, you know. <laughs> Honest, I honestly say that, hand on my heart. I've And I listen back. Whenever I do my commentaries, I always listen back. Mm -hmm. I always will take time to... And I try to listen back before I do my next one, which sometimes can be difficult <clears> because <throat> you haven't got much time and then you prepare and then I'm also out reporting. But I do listen back. But my radio commentaries, I've never done a perfect game. I've done some very good ones. I've really enjoyed some of my work. And then... But I've, I've never done a perfect one. But TV is, is strange, even though I haven't done much TV. Because TV is so different that when I did this Brighton-Tottenham game in March, you have a producer, because you for match of the day, you don't have a co-commentator with you. So you don't have a Gary Neville or a Jamie Carragher alongside yeah. you because it's edited highlights. So it's just you. And then you talk over the replays. So in a way, you, you're the commentator as well as the expert. So when mm -hmm. the goal goes in, the replay comes on your screen and then you're supposed to turn into, you know, you're supposed to turn into, let's say, old Jimmy Hill or, you know, Trevor Brookin or whatever. And you're supposed to analyse the goal as well. Yeah. But when I did this game, Brighton Tottenham, you, you also have a producer with you on TV. When I finished and I got up, I actually knew I did well. And before I actually even said it to myself, my producer, he said to me, he said, well done, Sahel. He goes, you nailed that. And I said, do you think? And he said, yeah. And I said, you know what? I actually feel like I did. And what's strange is, like I said, it's probably, well, it, it's probably about my 13th game for BBC TV I've done over the last three, four years with all my um, FA Cup work. 
and, and, and all entailed with my Sutton United work. I'd say it was my 50th game altogether on TV. And because you don't talk as much and you don't have to tell people the score and you don't have to tell which way they're attacking and you don't have to tell them the colour of the shirts and you don't have to tell them the geography of the ball, it's, for me, it's a lot easier. Yeah. You're not tripping over your words or you're not having to think of, of new adjectives. Because one thing I will do whenever I commentate on the radio, for every action on the pitch, I've got five different descriptive kind of words right. in my head for them. Because I yeah. don't want to bore the listener. I want to have different words for, a diff for the same action. But on TV, you don't need none of that. Yeah. So you, you can actually really relax and, and just add to it. And sometimes I still believe... Don't even say that much. Even though I think a lot of the TV commentators now say too much. Personally, I do think they say too much. There, yeah, there was there was an option. I think Amazon had it, and it was an option of just stadium yeah. sounds. Yeah. And they found it to be very popular. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Of, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of um a lot of the co-commentators, especially. We'll say yeah. sometimes my my personal and I'm sorry if you know him and he's a friend or anything, but my personal hatred was Andy Townsend. Okay, no, used, I don't really know. I know okay. Andy, but I don't know him that well. Yeah. No, he used to say things like he'd go over to him for the expert opinion. He goes, "Yeah, he just hit it." Yeah, yeah, we could we could all see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my five year old could have told me that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I, like, I like this, um, but it does it. You just hit especially during lockdown you just hear the players shouting and swearing at each other it's like yeah you need, you need someone to talk over this um but which was the best something game you've you've covered not let's leave Wembley aside yeah um, the best Sutton game oh um oh I would say that I would say Wimbledon away in the FA Cup mm. the 3-1 win I can oh I loved it I loved it, mate. Honestly, I loved it. And my words at the end of that commentary, I still smile when I hear them. You know, when I say, who says we can't win away from home? Because that season we were struggling to win away from home. We beat Lincoln on the opening day in the National League 3-1. And I think mm -hmm. we beat someone else and we hadn't beat anyone else since, since that time we beat Wimbledon in the Cup. So I think that was in January. and We'd only won two away games in all competitions up until then. And mm -hmm. I also said... Who say we can't? Who says we can't win on grass? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was just it was just the whole night, really. You know, we one nil down from Tom Elliott looked like it'd be an uphill struggle. Then they went a man down, didn't they? But we still couldn't mm -hmm. we still couldn't break them down. Fifteen minutes to go, one nil down, playing against ten men for the majority of the game. You think when when's his goals coming? And then Rawley scores an absolute <clears throat> blinder. My, I still my, think that goal didn't get the credit it deserved. It's an absolute superb strike. My moment was, I think, just my, my timing all always off, but I think my moment might have been just before that. It was where um, Craig put in a healthy challenge oh, on, yeah. on the near yeah. side to us. Um, yeah. They framed by framed it because uh, Wimbledon fans were convinced it was a foul, but it wasn't. It was a great, great tackle. Yeah. Um, but they started getting on his back, and then that kind of woke us all up, and, and we were like, no, no, we're not having this. And at that moment, we all sort of rised and uh, rised. <laughs> yeah, we we all got up and got behind the team, and then it was like, okay, we've we've got this. We just need to make sure we get the time. And absolutely, just beautiful. I, I stood there for a good ten minutes at the end, as everyone's shuffling out, just with my hands going, 
unbelievable. What did we just do? Yeah. But yeah, that was that was an amazing. Well, the whole the whole cup run was the whole cup amazing. run was was it was brilliant. And I mean, I'll never forget the Dartford game. I mentioned it again earlier on. It was just brilliant. I mean, end end to end, we scored, they scored, we scored, they scored. I think we scored, they scored, and then we scored three, and they didn't score again. Yeah. I think it was like that, wasn't it? One nil, one yeah. one two, one two two three two three three, yeah. and then six three. That was another blinding game, but. I think Wimbledon just shared. And then some games recently on a, you know, National League charge. I think I really missed the supporters that year because of COVID. But it, last season, one of my favourite moments was coming back from Tranmere after beating them 1-0 and Isaac's goal. I just loved the hustle. I just yeah. loved his hustle. You know, the way, he, the way he didn't stop running after the ball. And then the coach ride home was... It's funny, you know, like you asked me the question about the game. And, and you're right. But I just remember the coach ride home on the sports coach. It was just one of my best nights. I got one of the old boys, Brian. I hope uh, I know he won't mind me calling him an old boy. I got him on six oh six, and it was just brilliant. It was so much fun, you know. So yeah. I love I love the away trips. Mm -hmm. I love the away trips. I'll never forget Adrianians and Bohemians. I'll never forget yeah. those days, you know. So there's lots and lots of me I've had so many great memories in six years, and and long may it continue for me. I think at the moment, I don't know what you think. I love, I love to hear what you think. But I think at the moment, as a certain United fan, we're you're living in a dream world. Really, really are living in a dream world. If you think about this 125th year coming up, and I know this is our second year, but right now, as it stands, we've played one year outside the non-league. And and if you think about you just think about that, you're living in a dream world. It's I was trying. I, I'm trying to work the phrasing out because so it's not. It's not quite there. But you hear so many clubs and supporters harping back to the golden age or the golden years, and it's like we we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. this is the time they're going to be talking about in 50 years' time. This is yeah. this is the start. Yeah. And it's just crazy. It just and I know some of the youngsters listen, but and I know they're not going to care. But pure jealousy for those who started supporting the club. 10 11 12 years ago just yeah. nothing but success 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 yeah. um just it's, it's amazing and the best part yes lots of success on the field lots of um, things changed off the field but the people are the same um the, it's it is a, a a community club it is a club where people know each other it's harder and harder with so many new faces yeah but people do know each other people look out for each other um, as I've said, I'm, I'm, I was amazed in the, in the run up to the to the cup final that Bruce even answered my email to say, "Yeah, I'll come on." And I had Bruce yeah. and Matt coming on, just the same as if I was calling as a reporter from the BBC or a yeah. newspaper. And they gave up their time, and I'm like, "This is this this is crazy." This little club. Yeah. Um, and I know there was a a thing earlier in the season that is, um, I think Aaron, who's the editor of the Star, um, where he was like. He comes down to Sutton as as a as a as a joy rather than part of the job, and he was in the in the um, in the bar where AB was on the chair with his bright shiny jacket, going, "This is a club official <laughs> from a football league club standing on a chair playing on an accordion." Never change Sutton United. Yeah, I had to correct him and say that's the vice chairman, not just a club official. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, no, it's now, amazing. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely crazy. And the other thing is Matt. I mean, he's brilliant and he's very lucky in one way that he's got a, a fan base and a board that are realistic. 
Um, so I, I know it was a bit of a joke last year. I'm not, I'm not sure you do much social media, but I know it's a bit of a joke last year that as we're doing really well, everyone was just banging on 50 points, 50 points, 50 points. Okay. Um, and it's kind of reset now. Everyone's going, oh, what do you think to the playoffs? 50 points and we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah. must be nice. And I put it to him saying, is, is it good to have that kind of level of people understanding that this is where we are really and everything is a fight to get above there? And he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good knowing that people have got realistic expectations of what we're going to do. Um, obviously, I put pressure on him saying the last two years he finished in a record position, so you just got to do it again this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking forward to this year, apart from a possible visit to the Stadium of Light? Um, yeah, apart from apart from the Stadium of Light, just just I mean, I'm I'm not expecting. I didn't expect anything last season, to be honest, Mick. I'm just I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing people again. You know, I'm going to Dorking on Tuesday night. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing. It's just the camaraderie. It's like what you said. Just seeing people chatting to them, watching games, going on the coach. You know, coming back with a smile on my face, win or lose. Honestly, win or lose, I'll still smile because I. It's like what you said. I actually genuinely believe we're living in. We are living in the golden age as certain United fans, and I wonder what's next. But. You know, whatever's meant to be is meant to be. But I genuinely believe this. As as long as Matt and Jason and Terry Bullivant, they're in the club, those two, three key figures, because they work as a unit. And Matt knew Terry very well, even before Terry joined us. Um, I think we'll, we'll be... I don't ever see us going down. I'm not... I know everyone knows I'm, 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 I'm a, a kind of a super fan without a brain. I always think we're going to win. But I, I'm not saying we'll go up and up and up, but I don't ever see us going back downwards. I think we'll always stay where we are or maybe even climb another league, I don't know. And we'll always have a little run in a, in a cup competition here and there because I just think Matt, Jason, Terry, I think we've got something special as a management unit, as you could say someone like... I'm not going to say because... People say, oh, Sale doesn't know what he's on about. You know, it's an exaggeration. But there's certain managers in the Premier League. long as they're at those clubs, they'll be competing for the top honours. Matt, as long as he's at our club, will be competing or there or thereabouts in this division. Yeah. That's just my I mean, genuine belief. Genuine yeah, I, belief. You know, Dean Brazanis could leave. Ben Wyatt can leave. Like, they have, like Isaac can leave. Kenny can be released. And Kwame Thomas comes in. You know, you know, Sam Hart comes in. Whoever comes in next. I think the real fulcrum of that club, the real important people, alongside Craig Eastman and Dundas and a few others, but I think Matt, Jason and Terry, I really, really genuinely believe it. Yeah, no, he's, what was striking is, although I didn't stay very long in the, in the, in the clubhouse, um, different conversations with different people at different levels of the, of the club um, was the general message was, this is just the beginning. This is this this isn't this isn't going to be our highlight to go. Oh, we went to Wembley once, yay! It's going to be okay. We're using this as a springboard to, to go on to bigger and better things. Obviously, I, I, I rattle on about my spot maybe up for grabs at some point because yeah. the grand prize will change. But it, it's it's going to happen. All these things are going to happen ever so slowly. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing club to be around. Such genuine what, people. What are you looking forward to this season? What are you looking forward to? Um, I sound horrible, but upsetting all these clubs still. Little yeah. old Sutton, yeah. little old Sutton, we shouldn't be here. And they tin pot, they only bring 200 people away. It's like, yeah, yeah it doesn't get you any points though, does it? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so yeah, I, 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 
I sound really mean, but I, I just love it that um, so many of these clubs get really, really rattled by our little club. And the thing is, the little club that isn't spending a fortune, yeah, um, hasn't yeah. hasn't got big backers with loads of money behind us, um, and doing it the right way. So I, I do love that. And the players, as you mentioned, um, yes, I know there was a lot of people getting upset about the transfer window and losing eight players and only three coming in. Still, a couple of months to go. Um, but the three players that have come in, they've all got a point to prove. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, the, the left back, yeah, lots of people have said, oh, he's in relegated club the last two years. And it's like, yeah, well, don't you think that's going to make him be a little bit, um, try a little bit harder? And the two clubs, yeah. they yeah. were a mess. It wasn't, it was, they were going to go down no matter who was playing. Yeah. Um, and the goalkeeper, yeah. Jack, Walsall fans were just saying, he just needs a run of games. It, what, what, he don't know why he didn't get a chance. And Kwame, yeah, um, point to prove that he, he's going to score the goals. I mean, he's no one at Sutton's going to be a prolific goal scorer because that's not really the way we play, and we never yeah. have really. Yeah. I mean, we used we got some big big goal scorers in, and they just it didn't really work out. So it is. More I tell, I'll tell you the other thing. I think I th I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you were right. I think we're all missing as well. Is the two lads that we've. We've taken up from the academy. Killian, yeah. who's been with us since I think Christmas time, wasn't it? When he kind of got moved in to yeah. the first team squad. And then the yeah, young lad, is it Roscoe? Uh, Roman. Ro yeah, sorry. Yeah, Roman, part, the yeah. right fullback. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, young lad. So I think, I think credit to the club, because for me, that's when you actually really become a football club, mm. when your academy that's starts sending players really onto the first team. Yeah. And so if you're not going to trust, those players what's the point of all the system below it and also if you notice this summer we've a couple of players have left for big bigger clubs haven't they southampton yeah Some, southampton. one of the lads has gone up to scotland dundee, dundee United, yeah um, he has to, uh, it's all brentford, is it brentford as well i can't remember the third one it might have okay. been um but brighton i know we had a couple of people go to brighton yeah. brighton yeah um yeah matale was a little bit of a not a dis they're all disappointing because obviously they go off but this is this is the nature of the beast. I mean, just as the story that Matali's gone to uh, Dundee and people are getting upset, West Ham have put out a story that they've lost one of their youth academy players to another club. So it's like, it, it happens. It, it, yeah. This happens. Um, but yeah, we did have, and I know you were a big fan of um, was it Bradley Pierce a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, the, the, the left back we had, Jude, Jude as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Jude Jude Mason, that's it. I kept thinking Mason. I was like, that's not his name. It's Jude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they came through, but yeah, they weren't quite at the level, and we then get promoted. So it was like, yeah. oh, that's disappointing because they could have. Um, but yeah, and I actually I, feel for I feel for Bradley as well. You know why he got nasty foot injury, didn't he? If I'm not too wrong. Yeah, I feel for him because he signed for Car Shorten now. So. He's... Oh, has he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're both at Car Shorten with Steve McKim. Okay, um, okay. So, okay. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Yeah, that that'll be nice to. to... Yeah, no, that's up. interesting. But I think that's a big thing that most of us fans are overlooking as well. Is that is is those two young lads? You know, Killian's had a feel for it. He's come on a couple of times. He looked lively a couple of times, and 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 I think Matt's the type of manager who wants to give him a go as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, he said. I think he said to me the other day that Killian's going to have a good preseason with us, and depending on how he goes, he's either going to be. Uh, uh, stay with us, um, or we're going to then put him on loan for the season to get to get games under the belt because that's that's where you need to, to to really be learning it is by actually playing. 
Um, okay. So so he's going to sort of see how Killian does um, and then decide if development's better with us coming off okay. the bench. Or, oh, good to or, know. Or good to know. Or, or so he might, yeah. he might start on Tuesday night against Dorking. Yeah, could do. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but you've mentioned... The Dawkins game. You're, are you on commentary or? I'm not. I'm going. As, not? I'm going. I'm just going along. As a mortal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit in the stand. I'm going to have a little chin wag with Jack Jeb. I know Jack pretty well oh, from yeah, my yeah. days. Yeah, he's he signed for Dawkins, so I'm pleased for That's... him. Yeah, it'll be just nice to see the players back. Yeah. It'll be nice to see Matts. You know, familiar faces in the crowd. Be, it's a nice night on Tuesday night. Yeah. Reliably told, all week is supposed to be nice. And <laughs> I'm hoping to go down and have as well. I might have a family. Thing to do on Saturday it might get in the way. If not, I'll be going down to have as well. Oh, so loads of call. Yeah, Jack. I always liked him. I mean, again, he never quite, quite made it. But whenever yeah. he received the ball, it just looked like he had all the time in the yeah. world. I mean, totally like, agree. Yeah. What's he going to do? Is he having a cigarette, a cup of tea? What's going yeah. on with his flow? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just. Yeah. I think game. he'll be first. I think he'll be first to admit, and um, he he never felt like he was. Not fully fit, but he never felt like he got the best out of his body. He didn't push himself. If you see him now, he looks lean. He looks like a football player. And he's and he's worked his engine. And I think that's why he started to get around. And, and I'm pleased for him to get to Dorking in the National League. It's going to be a cracking season for them. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little club that really do um, do things well. And I think, my, I don't think, but my, my daughter's teacher's husband plays for him. So, oh, wow. like, so I was I was like I knew we had them in a friendly and I was convinced it was a Saturday. Are you going? Then, Are you going? Um, no, I, I'm not gonna go because it's on the, the midweek and then bringing the little and back. She's only five. Okay, she's okay. Five yeah, yeah. Month, so, oh, that'll be a bit too late for her. Yeah. Um, but she's gonna get her fixed with the ladies matches this year. She loves she loves watching the girls um, okay um, so Perfect. She, she, she'll get down down the green lane. It's it's nice. Uh, but I'm going to wrap it up because I've kept you talking for ages. I've got no problem. <laughs> it's what I do for a living, isn't it? I can just talk on and on and on if you want. It, it's also it's just great for people to hear different sides of Sutton United and yeah. what goes on elsewhere. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you so so much for your time and no, thank we'll you. you for the season. And um, enjoy when you get to be a fan. Enjoy when you have to be neutral. Yeah, yeah very true. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 